I'm Stephanie Lugo, and this is The Market Authority Show. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate 9 to fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our 9 to fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. But it wasn't always easy and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from Timeless Principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by the Market Authority Academy. Big welcome to this week's newest members, Austin Bryans and Stephanie Khan. Really excited to welcome you both to the Academy, and I am so pumped to celebrate all the successes that follow. If you are ready to level up your real estate business and learn the strategies that you need on and off social media to make it happen this year, you can get started for free. Check out the show notes where you can get access to my latest live training on exactly how to triple your business this year. What you're about to listen to is a discussion with my friend Camille Rose Taylor. She's also known as the CEO Whisperer. She is a leadership strategist, transformational speaker, and peak performance coach to entrepreneurs, leaders, and driven individuals. Camille also happens to be my personal performance coach who helps me try to operate at peak performance. She helps me heal personal traumas and limiting beliefs that consistently have held me back from success in the past, but no more. And generally, she gives me the kick in the pants that I need to just go get them. Today, she is the CEO and founder of The Ultimate Life, a leadership mindset training company that helps entrepreneurs and leaders achieve ultimate success in their personal and professional life. In addition to personal coaching and consulting, she is also a keynote speaker for Fortune 500 companies, national conferences, and she continues to expand her research on human peak performance as a member of the Forbes Coaches Council and Harvard's Institute of Coaching. Whoa. In this discussion, we cover a lot, and I think that you're really going to enjoy this. We kind of talk about a few things. We hit common obstacles that hold us back from success and how we can overcome them. If you're in real estate, you have without a doubt come up against some of these obstacles. So this is a must listen. Camille also shares how to find freedom from limiting beliefs and fears. She shares specific tips to body hack yourself into peak performance, which I'm all about, and so much more. It's a long, wide-ranging conversation, and I really hope that you enjoy this. Here's Camille. Hey, Camille. Welcome on the podcast. Thank you, Steph. I'm excited to be here. 
Uh, the pleasure is all mine. So you and I have been working together um, for a little while now, and I was really looking forward to bringing you on the show because peak performance is something that I think a lot about. I think a lot about how we can elevate ourselves. And, and as we talk about from time to time here on the Market Authority Show, your business will, will really begin to improve when you do as a business owner. And so much of who we are on the inside um, is going to manifest on what we produce out in the real world. So you are such a master at that kind of thing. I am so grateful for you to bring your knowledge and expertise with us on the show. For those in my audience who may not be familiar with you yet, can you just share a little bit about where you are today and how you got there? Yeah, I appreciate it. And, and thank you to everybody who's part of, you know, market authority listening to the podcast. Because when I come in as a peak performance coach, often folks think like, well, what the heck does that mean? Um, so easiest way to put this is my background is in psychology. And my belief is that success is 90% psychology, 10% strategy and tactics. And an easy way to think about this is you all could probably Google right now um, how to run a successful real estate business, right? You'll find a ton of blogs. Um, you'll find all these courses and people tell you the 100 things you need to do. And maybe you'll do three of those things. And then you wonder, why didn't I do the other 97? And then that's where I come in is to find out where are the blocks in our mindset, maybe the patterns of fear, negative thinking, self-limiting beliefs that hold us back from getting to the ultimate potential of who we are. And that's really what peak performance is. Um, I've had the honor of coming alongside you, Stephanie, now and in helping you get to these next levels because I think all of us know we have it in us, but we just don't know what's stopping us. Or if we do know what's stopping us, we don't know how to overcome it. And that's what a great peak performance coach should do is not only find those leaks in your thinking and in our mindset, but then figure out how do we switch perspectives in such a powerful way that you're like, I get it now. And then you can just get done what you need to get done. And I always say folks are just one phone call away from a totally transformed life. Um, and I know this from personal experience too, because before I even became a coach, honestly, I didn't think I was good enough to become one. Like I remember going to Tony Robbins events, massive conferences, right? Seeing all the quote unquote gurus on stage. Mm -hmm. They got like thousands of people at this thing. And I'm this little five foot two Filipina American standing in the back of the room, <laughs> soft voice, can't nobody see me. And I'm thinking like, how, how can I do something like that? Like I knew it was my calling. I knew this was my gift to be able to transform people's lives in this particular way, but I didn't see examples of myself up on that stage. And I think that's where my first self-limiting belief showed up in my life. And it was when a coach a mentor, a friend, honestly, just poured into me and they were like, what are you talking about? No, no, no. You're seeing it the wrong way. And they just said that one thing that just got me to turn it around. And that was literally the difference between me never pursuing what I do now to now I'm about six years into the business, you know, having spoken to thousands of people all over the planet, I could have never imagined this. Um, having been somebody who just went to conferences to learn from the best, I didn't think I would get the honor of one day being called the best coach for some people. So yeah, girl, it's just, it's mindset, really that one story, that one shift can make all the difference. So let's talk about that. Um, like such an incredible story, by the way. And I think that uh, the visual representation of who we want to be is really difficult to grasp. Because mm -hmm. a lot of us understand that we are called for something like we feel it. And 
it gnaws at you when you know (laughs) that you're not operating at that level of potential that you know you have within you. And I know for me, like nothing will set me into a tailspin more than knowing that I'm just not at that level that I want to be at. Um, and, and sometimes I can't even force myself to get there because I don't have the vision of what I think I can be because I haven't seen it. Um, so I think that that's something that's probably that holds a lot of people back. How do you, what do you say to someone like that? Or what would you have said to yourself? Um, luckily you had a a great trusted friend and mentor who kind of, who spoke to you, but from getting to the other side of it, if somebody's lacking vision, um, or if they're lacking a representation that they can see themselves in, how can they get around that and overcome it so that they can reach that next level of success? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And If you had asked me this question maybe like three or four years ago, I probably would have jumped into a whole like, okay, this is how you create a vision board. This is how you make that vision. This is how you write these things down. And all those tools are really helpful. But the game-changing quote that helped me show up in service so differently in my business, and I honestly believe has been the difference maker from when I was struggling to now where things kind of feel like I'm in flow, is the quote by Mother Teresa, where she said that, you can do no great thing, only small things with great love. And I love that because it's not necessarily about shooting for the moon. I think a lot of folks think, well, Camille, I don't want to be a speaker on stage talking to thousands of people. That doesn't matter. Your ultimate life is your ultimate life. But if you can do the thing that's right in front of you, whatever that is, like with 100% heart, 100% service, like you go all in on exactly who was placed right in front of you, be it whether you're doing two listings a month or 200 listings a month, right? Every person that is put in your path, if you can serve them full force, I notice that's when the best comes out of some of my most successful clients. They literally are all in in this moment and then the next moment and then the next moment. And by the time you realize it, your impact grows because people can feel when you're being genuine in your service and then naturally they refer you out and then the network grows. And the other way around, I definitely see people who it looks like they start off really big, but because it wasn't genuine and authentic, it dies out just as quickly. So I think for those of you who are listening, who are realtors or real estate entrepreneurs, and you're wanting that long lasting success, literally go all in on exactly where you are right now. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. So again, could be one listing this month, could be a hundred, but when you do it with such a heart of service, I notice that's where the success flows naturally, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And you know, what's so funny is I had a similar moment in my life where I had that big paradigm shift. And for me, it was um, do all things with excellence. Hmm. And I don't yeah. know if I, I don't know if I made that up or if I just like thought it sounded <laughs> cool or if I actually like read it in a fortune cookie <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but that was a transformative moment for me where I was like, okay, you know, if you want to be the person who has the success and creates the impact and makes people feel alive with everything that you do, you have to do everything with excellence. And it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily about like being better than anybody at every given thing. It's making sure kind of like you're saying, putting in 110% into everything that you do. Um, but that can be hard because like you get that mm-hmm. motivation 
Um, and you can do that. You can sustain that energy for a couple of days, but inevitably, like, I think that a lot of times it can fizzle out. What happens when it fizzles out when we can't maintain that level of excellence or um, commitment, as you're saying? Sure. That's a great question. And that's one of the principles of peak performance coaching is that often peak performance is about the preservation of energy. And so when I'm coaching somebody, I'm looking for areas where there's an imbalance or a leak of energy. Um, it's kind of like a leaky faucet, right? I don't know why my water bill is so high, I'm not doing anything particularly extreme, and there's a leak somewhere. And that's often what I see with high performers. I'm not really working more than I have before, but why do I feel so tired? Why do I feel burnt out? Why am I losing motivation? And usually there's a nagging negative thought there's an old belief there, right? There's a fear underneath the surface. And that's what I call the energy leak. And so we're looking for those often. So for that person who might be hitting the tipping end, one thing that peak performance teaches us with both athletes and entrepreneurs is you have to rest. I call it, there is great power in the pause. Mm. You have to learn how to call time out and make pause and rest and sleep. By the way, sleep, one of the best productivity tools ever <laughs> that nobody talks about, but we need it. Um, it. I think that unfortunately it's so underspoken when it comes to the, the importance of pausing and resting, because when you literally make it a non-negotiable to have self-care and stillness and take that walk in a day, that's where you're going to get the moment of inspiration. That's where you're going to get the energy again to do what you need to do. And there is zero shame in that game. I think we oversell the whole hustle culture a bit. Um, and there's nothing wrong with working really hard, getting it done, right? Pushing to the next level. But there's also a way to do it where it's sustainable, not just obtainable. Hmm. And I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, so what I'm hearing is how is this different from just having a negative outlook or a negative mindset? Because I'm hearing an element of healing that's required here. Hmm. Interesting. Where did you hear that piece? Like, where is that coming up for you? So if there's a misalignment internally, whether it's a limiting belief or hmm. whether it's that like negative thought that doesn't necessarily have so much to do with our disposition of maybe like we're just seasoned to look negatively and have a more like conservative outlook on life. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's an actual obstacle there. Is that the case? Like, is that the difference? There are often times where there can be a root of something that's unhealed when you feel like you're bumping up against something. Mm -hmm. So, so what I mean by that is there is a story that kind of got uh, circulated around the personal development world. Um, it's called spilling the coffee. Have you heard that one before? No. Okay. So imagine that there's somebody walking around, they've got a cup of coffee and somebody comes alongside and bumps them. And then the person who's holding the cup of coffee says, Hey, what the heck you make coffee spill out of my cup. And the person who bumps them says, well, no, coffee spilled out of your cup because there was coffee in your cup. And then the person holding the cup goes, what are you talking about? They said, well, the only reason that coffee spilled out of your cup was because there was coffee in your cup. If you had tea in your cup, tea would have spilled out. And still pissed off, right? This person's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter because you were the one who bumped me. But the idea here is that when life bumps you, when you get um, in a stressful situation, uh, a client pisses you off, uh, somebody hurts you, whatever's within that cup, whatever's within you, 
is what's about to pour out. So the question is, do you like what's coming out of you in moments of challenge and stress and frustration? Meaning, is it grace, humor, intelligence, abundance, thinking, um, forgiveness that pours out? Or is the immediate thing that comes out resentment, anger, bitterness, revenge? And whatever you notice is your natural reaction is often what's underneath the surface. Does that make sense? That's what we've been pouring in or that's been sitting in there. Yes. So this is why sometimes people might look back and see patterns in their life where they're making the same mistakes or they are reacting to poor situations, bad situations the same way that constantly create new obstacles from them because they're not changing, for lack of better words, what's in their cup. Yeah. Right. They're not changing the actual way that they're going to address the situation. Yeah. The roots cause of the reaction is still there. And so to your point, you're right. For a lot of us, I certainly had it, what we call unhealed mindset patterns. Maybe when you were little, somebody told you you weren't good enough or you never got the um, pat on the back that you so desperately needed. Or maybe you went through a tough situation and so you got used to just kind of surviving on your own and you never asked for help. And what a lot of folks don't realize is that 80% of your day is operated from your subconscious mind versus the conscious mind. So it's your subconscious, the places in your brain where that quote unquote trauma challenge has been lodged, that's making decisions for you. And I often will call this letting the five-year-old drive the car. So, and I think I told you this one time, Stephanie, but It's like this idea, let's say you're driving along, right? The road of life and something happens and you know, rationally as an adult, this is not a big deal. I shouldn't worry about this. I'm a a smart, competent person, but there's almost like this little kid inside of you that comes out that has an unnecessary fear. They react differently. They don't feel good enough or they're worried about something. And that's when I say you let the five-year-old version of you take the wheel. And now they're the ones driving the car. And how would anybody feel if a five-year-old drives them around, right? You order an Uber and then a five-year-old is behind the wheel of that Prius. You're going to be scared. It's not a good look. No, no. But that's what we look like sometimes when we show up in these situations is we're the five-year-old driving. And while there's not anything particularly wrong with it, we can realize that there's healing that still needs to be done because why are we letting that side of us drive the car? And so a really awesome coach or a mentor or a therapist will ask you the questions to start that process sometimes of healing for you. So how do you get to that point of awareness? Like, Mm. how does somebody realize that there's this jerk little five-year-old kid in the driver's (laughs) seat and that this is habitual, this is a pattern that they need to break? How does somebody even get to that point of awareness? Because that's overcoming ego. Like that's recognizing like, Hey, there's room for improvement. Not, there's not something wrong, but there's room for improvement. There's something that can be addressed here. How do you get to that point? Especially if you're ego driven, like many people are in entrepreneurship and sales. That's a good question. And awareness is the key. And the question for you was how do you even get to awareness? Well, Jim Rohn, I think said it best when he said that change only comes from inspiration or desperation. Hmm. Those are kind of the two places. So I've seen the pattern that you either get so fed up of dealing with the same crap over and over. And you're like, you know what? I got to do something different because I keep doing this and this and this, and it's just not working. 
And then that brings an awareness. I need help. And that, that moment that somebody is willing to open up and say, I need help, or I want to help, or I want to learn this about myself. The minute you become coachable, that's the beginning because now we've opened the door. So think of that. Awareness is just basically you saying, I saw it and now I'm willing to open the door so we can explore it. If not, then you'll just be closed up and you'll keep ramming into the same issues, the same wall, the same problems over and over. So you're either inspired to change because you see something and you're like, you know what? I want to get to where she's at. I want to get to where he's at. I know it's possible. I need help getting there. Or I can't do this another day longer. If I continue to do this for another five years, 10 years, 15 years, I am not going to be where I want to be. And that pain can also be a great motivator to say, all right, it's time to get help. It's time to seek change. And it's faster to do it with somebody. So again, a professional, be it a mindset, therapist, mentor, coach, um, because they can see things you can't see. Mm-hmm. Right? When you look at any great athlete, they have coaches on the sidelines, not because those coaches are particularly better than them. The reason that they're the star quarterback on the field or the star point guard is because they've got a skill that no one can compete with. But the coach still needs to be there because the coach can see things from a vantage point that that player can't. And so they help assist them in their game to say, look, every time you go to the right, this is what you do. Or I can see the patterns every time you start to shoot the ball or throw it this way, you do this. And so that's how those players get better because they're willing to accept the insight, the feedback and mm-hmm. the criticism. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And, and that's been my experience working with you for sure, because it, <laughs> oh man, it makes me just so mad to even say this out loud, but I <laughs> consider myself a really introspective person. I think that I have a pretty deep level of self-awareness and there have been times when you and I would be talking and I'll be sharing like an obstacle with you. And just, it's almost like, it's almost like you just like pick a little needle out of a giant haystack and you're like, well, what about this? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you look right into my soul and you figure it out. But it's these things where sometimes when you're too close to a problem, you just can't see the solution. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and for me, it's really difficult for me to even accept that I might not be able to see the solution. Yeah. Because I should be able to, right? Like I should be the fixer. I should be the person who can do the thing and I should have all the tools that I need. But sometimes it's not necessarily about maybe, I don't know. What do you think? Is is it not necessarily about having the tools or is it not understanding how to use the tools that you have? Like it's just leaning on somebody else with that other level of perspective, I guess. I don't know. I I think the the hardest thing, especially being a a driven individual, a high performer, or if you're in sales, obviously your audience is very much authorities in their industry. Pride will be our biggest downfall Mm -hmm. as high achievers. And the pride can get you to a certain level, but I promise you it won't get you past that. Because for my clients who I've seen excel above and beyond, like now not only are they getting to seven and eight figures, but they have thriving family lives, or maybe it's not about money. They just have an amazing life and it's so well balanced. It's because they've broken through that barrier of pride and they no longer need to prove anything. They no longer need to say, I do it all. They are very open to help and leverage and collaboration. And that comes from an abundance mindset as well. Pride is often from this fear scarcity mindset where it says like things are limited. You know, people are going to take advantage of me. They don't know what I know. And right. So we live 
kind of close to our chest where we hold the cards, but we can't let anybody see. And again, we could get only so far with that. After a while, it's going to be exhausting and tiring because I do believe we're meant to live in community. And I think if anything that COVID has shown us, we craved people, even people who didn't like people. (laughs) We're like, I guess I do need to socialize a little (laughs) bit because I've just kind of been at home. Um, We are by nature social creatures. So when pride gets in the way of like, I don't want to share this with somebody or I don't want to collaborate, I actually believe it holds back our success. And some of the most successful people I work with are extremely generous. Um, It's the opposite, I think, of what people think. They're generous with their time. They're generous with their money. They're smart about it. They know what to say no to and what to say yes to. But when they say yes, they're all in with it. I love that. So, so help me find like specifically where these obstacles come to. And the reason why I want to get really specific here is -hmm. that someone may be listening to this and they're nodding their head and they're thinking, yeah, this sounds really good, but you know, this is unattainable because of X, Y, Z. Like I would never pay for this, or I would never spend the time to do this, or I wouldn't be committed for the long-term work of this stuff that would need to happen to get me to where I would go, like getting over that hurdle. Right. So like where, what's the, what is the risk that we're running into if we're not doing this work? Where are you specifically seeing like where these obstacles are showing up in real estate businesses, for example, um, Mm -hmm. or just in the businesses of other lives of entrepreneurs? Yeah. So where are they running into the obstacle of not taking the next step? Is that what it is? Yeah. Specifically like, what's the risk of not doing the work? Oh, you know, Ooh, that's a good question. And that's what it is. If you were to, and I guess this is a question for any listener to think about right now, that if you looked at your business and your life in the past five years, right, what you've done for the past five years, if you take those exact things you've done in the past five years and you just repeat them for the next five years, do you honestly believe you will get to the goal, the life, the dream that you envision. You're just going to repeat exactly what you did five years ago. You're going to do it again for the next five. Is that the level that you want to be at? For some people listening, maybe they're like, yeah, I'm fine with that. Then fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing. But if anybody hears that and go, oh, I could not keep doing what I've been doing for another five years, like it has to get to a new level or like something has to give, something has to change, then that should be enough to tell you, okay, I need to make one decision today that was different than what I've been doing. Because what it boils down to is that saying that insanity is doing the exact same thing over and over, but we want different results. Mm -hmm. I want more money, Camille. I want more time with my kids. Um, I want a better marriage or relationship, but I'm not willing to do anything different. Then you're going to drive yourself insane. Like That's why people go crazy because they're like, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. You know that you need to do something different. Um, And now what matters is how quickly do you want to get there? Because you can do something different by watching a free class. Okay. You didn't spend any money, but you got the information. And then you could do something and invest in another class. So now you actually spent money on a course and you're getting tangible tools and steps now. So now we're moving along faster, but it's like, I don't got time, Camille. I want to get this figured out in a month then pick up the phone and start talking to the right mentor or person because having that one-to-one time, the investment financially is more, but the amount of time you save is 10 times that. 
So I think the big difference is when I've seen people see, be it coaching, mentoring, investing um, in themselves as that, as an investment versus an expense. Mm-hmm. I think people just look at it as like, oh, that's too expensive. And that's the wrong term because the minute you invest in yourself, it's not an expense anymore because you are the ROI. On yeah. That. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I think that um, for me, it's just that it became too expensive not to, you know, and, and I'm a super, and if we're going to talk about money, like I have a lot of fear and, you know, like I got kind of a mess around my mindset when it comes to money. (laughs) And that's something that I've been working on for years. Um, But I always find that like it becomes too expensive not to do this work. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's the money side of it too. There's also the fear and the vulnerability aspect. Um, you know, like, what are we, what are we going to find when we start doing this work? Like, oh man, is this going to expose all of my faults? And then I'm going to feel like a failure. And then I'm going to have to really work on improving myself in all of these little granular ways. And I don't think it's ever necessarily that way because like during our experiences when you have a breakthrough it's like suddenly it's like you've been in the dark and suddenly the light is on um it's almost like when you're maybe this is just me but when you're hungry at night and you're sneaking out of bed and you're like okay it's dark so you don't want to turn on the lights and you kind of feel your way to the kitchen and you open the fridge and the light is on in the fridge and you can (laughs) see the chocolate and you know how to reach for the chocolate and you finally get what you want but you had to go through and finally open the light (laughs) to get there maybe that's a really obscure example <laughs> I have never been compared to a refrigerator at 2 a.m., but that's probably the best metaphor I've ever gotten. <laughs> Aspiration can look and feel a lot of different ways, <laughs> depending on who you're at. And sometimes yeah. for me, it's the chocolate craving at 2 a.m. You got to get there, but you need you need the direction. <laughs> 100%. And, and that's it, girl. I mean, I think a lot of us are stumbling in the dark when it yeah. comes to this and the dark can be scary. And so you're right. That's the fear is Camille. I don't want to start this work because I, if I do, I don't want to talk about what had happened there or that's too painful to go back mm-hmm. to. And in some cases you don't need to talk about it, but 90%, 99.5% of the time <laughs> that I'm working with somebody who wants to get to the root cause, we will go there. Right. But at the yeah. same time, the truth will set you free. And I think a lot of people want freedom from these limited beliefs. They want financial freedom and they're all tied into one, right? Your, your finances are just a reflection now of what's going on within you as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to, I want to talk about some specific ways that this manifests in real life. And I think okay. that um, a simple way to do this, a topical way to do this might to be um, to revisit um, what happened when the pandemic happened. Um, Hmm. Because that is a really relevant experience that a lot of us learned a lot from, I think. Um, And for me, like, we're just revisiting fear in this conversation. Fear is something that I think about a lot, um, and how fear kind of manifests in a lot of different ways. Um, And one thing that we think a lot about was when the pandemic really happened, you know, there was that moment in the spring where everybody was like, Oh crap, this is real. Like this is real. This is going down. This is happening. We got to brace ourselves. And the fear of the unknown was choking. It was 
stifling, right? Because it was a mix of how big the situation felt, um, all of the obscure different factors that went in, right? There are so many different things that were being impacted by this global event. Um, and it really kind of boiled down to is I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like or the next day. Like, I don't know how to move forward in this kind of environment. So if you are the person and we're all like, we're all this person to some level, so I'm not calling anyone out. But if you're the person who this huge life-altering event is happening to, and you're coming at it with a cup full of fear-frothed coffee, <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that looking like, right? Like, what are some of the situations that can manifest in that? Because in that? I know what it looked like for us, and it was not pretty at first. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I did see a lot of folks just kind of give up on their real estate business altogether. And I and I saw that they gave up too early. I think they knew mm -hmm. they gave up too early just because the fear consumed them so much. Um, same thing with other industries. They refused to pivot. They were just like, you know, we'll just hold off. This is going to be over in two months and three months. And so they just refused to flex with it. Um, and then I had clients who they seem to thrive in times of change and fear. It's like the crazier the roller coaster, the more they show up and they're like, all right, let's ride this bull. And so they just grabbed all their stuff strapped in. They were like, let's figure out what to do next. And I think that's the mindset that I would love each one of you, even if it's just this one simple thing to take away is that maybe this time of testing wasn't to reveal your weaknesses, but rather to help you discover your strengths. Mm-hmm. And, and often fear will just highlight where I'm weak, but Camille, I'm not good at video. Camille, I'm not going to do virtual open houses. Um, I hate, you know, change, whatever it is. And so we highlight that. But at the same time, I would love to challenge you in that, well, what else can it reveal about you? But what I am really good at, Camille, is creating systems and processes. And I've got a good um, network of people that I can depend on. And these are the times to really pull all the resources because it's never a lack of resources, only a lack of resourcefulness. And a good example of this is I used to live and work in the Philippines um, and I did branding and marketing develop there for a long time. And in the Philippines, there's still a lot of very uh, underdeveloped areas. So we'd go out to the provinces, do volunteer projects. And I remember one time seeing a village of kids playing basketball. And I'm looking at this, like, how is that possible? Because there's literally no houses here. It's all just kind of these straw huts. Uh, people are barely wearing clothes. No one has any shoes on. And I'm like, how, are, how do they have a full-on basketball court? They have no resources in this small village that we were feeding and then bringing food to. And then as we drove closer and closer to them, I realized these kids had developed or built a basketball hoop and court out of the tree stump that already existed. They put together all these like um, almost scraps of bamboo and they wove them together as a backboard. They created a ring from, I think like a plastic bucket that they cut open. And then the ball, the actual basketball itself were made from hundreds, must've been hundreds of just rubber bands. I mean, it wasn't a very Whoa. good ball, right? Yeah, but whatever they could get in the scraps, like the trash piles that they would dig through, they made it from that. Um, and so they had a basketball hoop. And I just, I remember seeing that and I was just so amazed because there was so much joy in them, so much life and they had nothing. I mean, materially zero, no money, no nothing, barely any clothes. And yet there's nothing that stopped them from saying, we're going to have a basketball court in our village, right? They found a way. 
And it was that resilience that whenever I was coaching a, a realtor or an entrepreneur during COVID last year, I was like, I need you to find those scraps. Like they're there. Whatever you think you need to excel in your business, I promise, probably don't even need it. Because a ton of people found a way, right? They were like, all right, we're going to do virtual open houses. We're going to do Zoom webinars, teaching people first-time home buying. We're going to start a podcast. I've never had time to start a podcast because I'm always showing houses here and there. So they did. And then they blew up their business on YouTube or on Instagram. Um, People flock to you and they learn from experts. They finally had time to take the Marketing Authority Academy course, right? Everybody complains about not having time and they use that time well. I had a client who she finally finished her bachelor's and finished college while (laughs) running her business for the first time because she could finally stay home and do virtual school because now she didn't have to commute to school. That's so cool. So it's really simple, right? When there's a will, there's a way. And I I want each entrepreneur listening to this or salesperson, there are resources there for you. The question is, are you willing to tap into it? Because they're there. It's just a matter of who's going to get there and use them. Um, But they're there for you, 100%. Yeah, I love that. That's so cool. I think in in our specific experience, you know, we... We've been in business for almost seven years and you just, when you're in such a volatile industry for so long and and it's not even the market that's volatile, right? It's um, changing regulations, changing consumer interests. um, The way that you operate changes every year, whether it's the contracts that are changing or the tools necessary to fulfill them change. I mean, it's just, it's not for the faint of heart and you're constantly recreating your business. Um, And for us, when there have been catastrophes in our business, which there have been, there have been plenty because I think that that's just part of being in business this long. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I do notice that it's like always the same thing. And a lot of times over, like in the past, we have come up with fear. And Bryce and I always kind of say the same things to ourselves. And this is like what breaks that loop. Sometimes we have to say it like a hundred times before we actually get out of that thought loop, but it's, we will not operate by fear. We say we will Mm -hmm. not operate by fear. This is not how we do things. We operate with courage. We are vulnerable and we are creative. Like we say these things to each other over and over again, even when we don't really believe it, because that's what helps us get over the hump. And like, the, the pandemic is one experience that we've all felt, but now, you know, this is at the time that we're speaking, we're speaking in the spring of 2021. It's the most disgusting, and I hate to be negative, but this market sucks. It's so <laughs> gross. Mm-hmm. It is a super duper duper seller's market um, in most areas. And it is going against everything that most real estate agents like have built on, which by the way, there is a recent stat that went out. And I think it's something like, 35 to 40% of licensees right now have gotten into the business since 2015. Mm. That's a lot. And so a lot of our licensees have had like smooth sailing where they've been in a somewhat balanced market, even more of a buyer's market up until like 2017, 2018, when things really started to favor sellers. And now we're all in this new market that is a completely new experience where um, the scarcity has never been stronger. 
Mm-hmm. Literally, there are no houses. The houses, like the actual inventory, the thing that we sell are very scarce. And that is going to trigger a lot of us in scarcity mindsets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody has a little bit of that. It only takes like a little bit of stress to set those alarm bells on. So how do we how do we address something like that? And I know that that was a really long explanation to get to where I'm going to. Um, but if we're but if we're addressing these different um primal instincts of scarcity, of fear, of um, unworthiness, like we all have some level of that. What about the scarcity and how are we overcoming that specific factor Yeah, through this work? How can we overcome it? Yeah, that's a great question. And the first tool that I always suggest, again, I'm only addressing personal mindset because I can't fix the market. You can't fix the market, right? right? Exactly. But how you, yeah, how you respond to the market comes from this line of thinking. So the first one is a tool I call called go big when big stands for begin in gratitude. And I, in the moment of fear, the last thing you want to do is be grateful for something. But I promise you, if you can dig in and find, okay, you know what, this sucks right now, but what is one thing I'm really grateful for? And I'm actually really grateful that I have a pipeline. Um, I'm really grateful that I have clients that believe in me, that trust me. I'm glad I'm getting this opportunity to learn a new skill set or up-level my skill set, right? And just starting to shift your mindset in that way, it's important because you can't be grateful and fearful at the same time. Hmm. And that's very important. You can be fearful right before you're grateful. (laughs) You can be fearful right after. But in the moment that you're flexing the muscle of making your brain look for something to be grateful for, you're literally training your mind to say, oh, there's good stuff here. Okay. And so you're building the muscle of abundance. It's almost like you're good at flexing the muscle of scarcity. No problem. You flex it (laughs) whether you know it or not, right? It's just automatic. But the problem is you're not balanced anymore because you've got one majorly flexed muscle and then one that's completely atrophying. You've got like the the Popeye arm on the left. And then yeah. like the little baby arm on the right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so the, what we want to do is right. And get you balanced. So you're Popeye on both sides. And mm-hmm. that means you have to be willing to find what is good in that moment and going grateful, going big, as I call it, um, is one. So flexing, what can I be grateful for in this moment with this client, with this market? Cause there's something mm-hmm. and it shifts. So what happens is often too, when you go into gratitude, and this is why people like talking about gratitude journals. Do you shift into something called your PNS? So this is your parasympathetic nervous system. Your parasympathetic nervous system is the one that gets activated when you're resting, when you're digesting, and when you're relaxed. The fight or flight system is your um, sympathetic nervous system. So that's the SNS. That's the one that's like fear, scarcity, freeze, fight everybody. Say that one more time. Sure. Both so. Parts. The parasympathetic nervous system gets activated when you take a deep breath in and when you go big or when you're in gratitude. And the parasympathetic nervous is our rest and digest. That's when the body is literally in optimal healing mode. We're relaxed. We're saying there's no saber tooth tiger coming at us. We going to be okay. Right. That's the muscle we want to start activating because the other nervous system we have, the sympathetic nervous system, which is known as fight, flight, or freeze, right? When scarcity hits, Mm -hmm. that's getting activated all the time in this world. That's like the default setting. So when you don't live life by design, you're defaulting into fight or flight all the time. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So by going big, practicing gratitude, the deep breath in, you can literally switch your physical system into trusting more. Okay. So these are, these are actual, like, this is not hokey. These are physical states that we find ourselves in that your body mm-hmm. kind of oscillates between depending on external factors. And we can mm-hmm. choose which external factors we're focusing on, even though it seems like sometimes being reactive is just the way we are. Is that right. what I'm hearing? Yes. And when you look at evidence-based coaching practices, so one of the organizations I'm part of is Harvard's Institute of Coaching. And so we're always looking at the latest studies of behavioral science, what is actual science, and then what is just like stuff people keep repeating in marketing. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And the science has proven the only thing that actually shifts you into a calmer state is deep breathing. That is the only consistent practice Like all the other things are supplemental, they're helpful, but until you pause long enough to take that, like that is the only thing that actually shifts you out of fear and can move you into a calmer, more relaxed state is deep breathing. Um, And so that's why I like to bring up the power in the pause because that's part of it is slowing it down and saying, okay, before fear takes a hold and you use affirmations as one practice to engage your, your muscles of abundance, mm-hmm. but you could also use um, gratitude. Um, and then the last tool I'll give you that I think is very tangible and helpful. I call it the, the game-changing primary question. And what this question is, is remembering that often our brain is coming up with a fear because we're asking it fear-based questions, right? What is the market gonna do? What if we lose all our money? What if we lose all our clients? What if nobody likes me? What if my pipeline runs dry, right? Those are the questions we ask. Mm -hmm. And they're usually unfair questions because they're one-sided on the one if, right? What if all the bad stuff happens? So your brain conjures up all those stories. So the quality of the questions you ask matters. And one of the questions I always encourage my clients to ask, especially in a tough situation, like let's say this market right now or um, the challenge you're going through is, what is this teaching me? about myself right now. And then the second piece is, how is this strengthening me? And that's it. Mm -hmm. Because if you ask those two questions, there's two assumptions that I've built in. Number one, there's a golden nugget of wisdom for you in this. That's specifically for you. And then number two, this was intended to strengthen you versus defeat you. And so when you think of it that way, now your mind is literally positioned to see every situation as working in your favor. Even if it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't matter necessarily the feeling because we can also conjure what I know to be true. And I know that in tough situations, I get better or I get stronger or I become way more creative. Or honestly, Camille, if it wasn't for this thing happening, I would have never made this shift in my business or met this person, right? And so that one question alone can be the game changer for you going down this rabbit hole of fear, stress, anxiety, and then one of, okay, pivoting resourcefulness, new connections, new opportunities. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's choosing between being victimized by circumstance or being empowered by it. Mm -hmm. And starting with the quality of the question that you ask yourself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's actually a really interesting insight because um, I 
I'm, I like most people, I can have one negative thought enter my brain and then I don't surface from that negative thought loop for about four days. Um, I <laughs> hope that I'm not the only one. <laughs> No, you are not girl. I do it too. (laughs) Okay. Um, and so I, I kind of had this thought and, and I, I I must've been listening to something. I know that I didn't come up with this on my own. Um, but it was a, a kind of jarring moment where I said, what if we can look at these negative thoughts as an opportunity to strengthen the muscle of a positive mindset and not even a positive mindset, because I think that sometimes we can look at positive mindsets as hokey a little bit, right? Like we can look at them as like a little, little woo woo, um, you know, power of positivity, but really it's more about reaction mm-hmm. and choosing how we react. But I think that actually goes back to what you said of taking that moment to pause, mm-hmm. go big take a breath. And then from that space of strength, you can choose exactly how you want to show up in that moment, Mm -hmm. whether it's a catastrophe or a negative thought. Exactly. Exactly. And this is about focusing on what you can control versus what you can't. Mm -hmm. And I see this often, right? We, we go into fear mode because we're looking at the things we cannot control the market consumer interest shifting. Um, like you said, interest rates. And unless you work at the Fed, right, you're really not going to control that. You're going to just have to deal with what's given. But when we spend so much energy on that, no wonder we drive ourselves crazy because you, you have zero control over it. So the smart salesperson, the smart entrepreneur shifts into what can I control? And the truth is I've discovered there's only really three things you can control, like full 100% control. And I call them the APCs of control. Your attitude, your perspective, and your choices. This is unacceptable. You're putting way too much ownership on us. <laughs> and that's the, that's why no one likes coaching with me because I make you <laughs> responsible for your actions. And it, it's no one wants that. You're absolutely right. We want to pass okay. the buck. So, so it's the, <laughs> I love this. I love this. Honestly, I do. The <laughs> attitude, the perspective, and the choices. Yeah. APCs, okay. attitude, perspective, and choices. Okay. And I can guarantee you that if you get that lesson early, right, these are the only things I actually can control, you'll be liberated from so much stress of just trying to control every outside thing when honestly, I just got to check my own energy. I got to ask myself, is this really the only perspective on the situation? Like, is it only fear-based or what would a love-based, abundance-based, opportunity-based thinking glasses, perspective lens look like? And then now what choice am I going to make? That's it, right? Mm -hmm. When you keep your world simple, when everything else is so complex, you win. And that's the big takeaway is people jump into complexity, get overwhelmed, do nothing versus keep it real simple and you'll execute every time. Love that. Yeah. Along that same vein, are do you have any daily habits or practices that you're doing in your own routine to make sure that you are showing up in that way every day? Yeah, and I, I call it my rhythm. So I, um, I'm not much of a routine person. For those who need routine, use that word, right? Um, it's important because a lot of people need very specific structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who routine is like, ooh, I can't, <laughs> then... <laughs> try rhythm. And the difference for me is that a rhythm is kind of like that. There's a, there's a cadence, there's a beat to my day. 
but sometimes it looks a little bit different. It's a little bit more like jazz to me than it is about, you know, being a certain way. And the three things in my rhythm personally that are non-negotiable, I call it, I go to church, I go to school, I go to work. So what that looks like for me is every day I go to church. And so for me, that's a spiritual practice. I, I pray, I sit in stillness, I meditate, um, I do gratitude, it's kind of either listing it out or thinking about it. So as I mentioned, I start my day that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the get up and go, you know, hit the gym, do all these intense things in the morning. Like I need slow mornings to just ground myself. Some people need fast mornings. That works. For me, it didn't. And by the way, I figured that out because I tried to be like everybody else, right? I tried to be the 5 a.m. club. I tried to be like the go hard first thing in the morning, do a hundred different things. And I was a miserable woman, like absolutely miserable. And so I think sometimes it's a good to experiment with those. It's not that there's no truth to it, but you have to find what works for you. Mm-hmm. And the second is go to school. So I always spend a little bit of time each day, 30 minutes, just reading upon my industry. So something in the science of psychology, something in the science of peak performance coaching, something on real estate business, but just sharpening the X. I always sharpen my skills every single day. Even if I've read that particular piece before, I'll read it again just to keep learning. Cause I believe if we're not growing, we're dying. Right. Mm-hmm. And then finally I go to work. So before I start serving my clients um, for the day, I prep myself with those spiritual and educational practices. Um, and that's important for me. And for any entrepreneur who they don't know their rhythm yet, just remember these three things. So it's the three B's of every day. It's brain, body, business. So do one thing to enhance your brain. Could be learning, could be meditation, could be a self-development podcast like this or learning something, right? Something for your body. So it could be a workout, a run, a walk, drinking um, half a gallon of water a day, whatever is something to take care of the physical vessel, sleeping seven to eight hours, right? And then finally on the business. So not something in it, because I know you're going to do stuff in it, but what would you do one thing that's going to help grow it to the next level? Maybe you need to build out a new funnel. Maybe you need to finally... um, get that CRM and get it organized, right? Or set up that email drip campaign, but something on the business, a little higher level so that it can start to grow from that point. So brain, body, business, non-negotiable three, I notice in my most successful sales clients. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That already gave me like so many ideas <laughs> on how I can implement in my own rhythms or routines. I'm definitely a routine person. Um, what kind of meditation do you do? Do you just kind of do what feels good or do you follow a specific practice? When I first started, uh, I actually liked Headspace. Mm-hmm. That was a good um, app for me to use at the very beginning when I started meditating. Um, and then now it's, it really is for me just a personal practice. I sit down for five minutes even. It doesn't have to be very long. And it's just quiet. I close my eyes. Um, I'm more faith-based. So I use Abide. That's my particular meditation app. I like that one because there's wisdom scripture mm-hmm. and there's music playing. Um, I also recommend Calm if somebody needs a meditation app. That one's really good. Cool. But really, it's just the practice of sitting down and being still. Get away from your electronics, your computer, your email, all of that, and just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for a lot of people who don't practice this. And that's why I think it's even more important because if you can't find yourself, when you're still, 
then that means we got to do some work because usually people don't like to sit still because they don't want to deal with their thoughts or deal Mm -hmm. with themselves. And we want people to be at a point where you love sitting in stillness with yourself. Like you should love your thoughts so much because then when you do, you're going to be able to serve people so much better. Um, Because again, what's pouring out of you is that love, is that goodness versus, you know, I'm just trying to front that I'm happy and that I'm encouraging people, but on the inside, I'm miserable. Um, People will feel that. Mm -hmm. And I see too many talented people just crack under the pressure because they're giving, 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 and then they're not dealing with the stuff with themselves. They got good hearts. They're in the right place, but we have to take care of this first or you'll burn out. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. And I think for me, that's one of the biggest shifts that I made just in terms of like self-helping. Right. Um, But still in search of a more peak performance, Um, my meditation practice, I started that about two, maybe three years ago. And it really changed everything for me, Um, like in terms of the levels of anxiety that I was experiencing, the way that I was able to even think about a task at hand, the way I was making decisions. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that too. And I completely agree. It has so much to do with just finding that quiet within, tapping into your own inner resilience and like just shutting out all of the noise of the world. Like there's so much wisdom in that, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I understand that there's some people who they might not believe in it. They think just like, Oh, just keep going. You know, you'll figure it out along the way. But I tell you, no one can compete with your inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. Like if you're only striving on the outside, then you're looking at the resources that everybody else is also looking for, right? Everyone else is also on Google. Everyone is also (laughs) on YouTube. Everyone is also getting marketed or Facebook ads of the same thing that you're getting. But what they don't know about are the ideas and the inspiration and the things that come to you and only you. Mm-hmm. And so if you really want to be someone no one can compete with, if you really want to be unstoppable, then I highly suggest tapping into that source, that part of you that no one else has access to but you. And so that's why I see those individuals who are like, how'd you come up with that idea? Or how'd you do that? Or how'd you do that? they probably sat in quiet (laughs) for a little bit. I think that's such underrated advice um, because, you know, and we even talk about this on the, on the show a lot about how to show up as your authentic self, um, Mm -hmm. building a more personal brand, because that's, that's so true. Nobody can compete with what you have. You, you uniquely who you are, the culmination of your experiences and skills and um, personal insights that you can bring to a table. That's what people want to do business with. Mm -hmm. That's what people hire. They don't care about your sales volume. They don't care about what brokerage you're you're with. They care about who you are as a person and like how you can take those things that you have that are special and unique and like your God-given you-ness and how you can bring that out to help serve others and serve your community. Um, That I truly believe that that's what real estate is all all about. Like that Mm -hmm. deep personal connection. That's how you are unstoppable. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. And, and when you think about real estate, right, the types of sales that you all do, to me, my opinion, it's the hardest type of sales because very intimate, very, you are literally helping people find or sell the thing they've spent their whole life saving for, right? There's so much emotion involved. This is where we raised our kids 
or this is where we're going to raise our kids. This is where we make memories. And really, uh, you know, food, water, shelter is the basic human necessities. And you're part of one of them, uh, providing shelter for people. So the fact that you're in such an intimate uh, industry, it would serve us, I think, as real estate professionals to also be very close and intimate with ourselves, being so comfortable with that, because then how comfortable people are going to be with you to trust you to take care of them and their family, right? To find that home, to find that place where they're going to make memories. So, I, and I think that's why so many of my clients are, are in real estate because they're trying to get comfortable and confident with that side of them again, mm-hmm. because they have such a heart for their clients. Um, and, th- and that's where I see them excel is when they can overcome the fears that have just plagued them for too long. I love that. Okay, yeah. man, I could talk with you for hours <laughs> about this stuff. Um, but I feel like we just barely scratched the surface. <laughs> For those who may want to take it a step further or find more of your teachings or your guidance, where can they find you? Best place is check out youtube.com slash coach Camille Rose. And that's Camille with a K. Highly recommend. That's a good place to start if you just want to get a feel for what I do. But then I also do free peak performance coaching tools uh, videos on the channel. So you can get a lot of these tools that I've talked about um, in, in greater depth on the channel. Um, And then if you're interested in learning more about just maybe working one-to-one with me, or I have a private group coaching mastermind, just go to the ultimate life. That's L Y F E.com. And that sounds for live your fullest every day. I don't know if you could see that (laughs) behind me there. I love it. And I'll definitely have all of those resources linked for you too. If you want to, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, Camille, this is like, this is my jam. I've got to take it a step further with Camille. You'll find all of those links and resources in the show notes, depending on wherever you're listening to this. So just dig a little deeper and you'll find them. Um, Camille, I want to thank you so much for taking the time uh, to join me on the show today and for being so giving of your time and experience. And I want to acknowledge you for serving. You are just coming at where you're at with a life and a heart of service. Um, and you're exactly the kind of people that I want to surround myself with. So I really appreciate you. Oh, likewise, girl. Thank you. It, it really is an honor. Um, I can't begin to explain how much I love what I do. And at the same time, how grateful I am that I get to do what I do. So thank you for having me today. Oh. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.